Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Welcome to NSPS Surveyor Series Surveyor Says series today. This is your host Kurt Sumner and my guest is someone I think everybody will know who's listening to this, uh, John Palatiello. Welcome John. Thank you, Kurt. As most of the listeners will know, John has been involved in and with our organization for a really long time. I'll let him give you a brief history about that, I suppose. Uh, But the bottom line is that John was at one time the government affairs director, maybe with the title, for ACSM and did that for a period of time and then went on to different ventures and uh, still doing some of those ventures, but now he is he and his company are uh, serving three, I think, state societies. That's uh, correct. As as their office for them, and of course continues to be the uh, organization that represents NSPS on Capitol Hill and in government affairs, uh, along with our registered lobbyist, J.B. Berg. And so John and I have had a lot of conversations about almost anything you can imagine related to surveying over the years, uh, back in the MAPS days when he was over there and uh, our connection with those guys at, at the time. And one of the issues that always comes up and seems to be an ongoing dialogue, I guess is the most kind word I can use, is the whole concept of licensure and what it ought to be and who should be licensed and all of those kind of things. And to that end, we're seeing any number of efforts around the country to, I won't say eliminate licensure so much as change licensure maybe, um, with all kinds of different motives for having for wanting to do that. But um, as we go about dealing with it on a, on a state-by-state level, of course, NSPS wants to be as helpful as we can possibly be. And, and as part of our obligation, really, to our state society partners and our members around the country. And so one of the things John's done is written a white paper that sort of deals with this. And I thought we might just chat about that a little bit and what the intent is, John, and maybe what the the crux of it is. And then we can get on into maybe some uh, other issues about pending legislation or orders or whatever the case may be. Well, thank you, Kurt, and I appreciate you having me uh, as part of this podcast. I think this is a very important and very timely issue and uh, worthy of, uh, of discussion. So let me give you a, a little bit of a, a background that there has been a movement across the country uh, that now dates back um, a number of years where um, the political left and the political right in this country have come together and expressed concern about occupational licensure. And um, the political right is looking at it from the standpoint of uh, 
competitiveness or anti-competition um, and unnecessary regulation of the workforce. And they cite the fact that over 25% of occupations in America are now subject to licensure. The political left looks at it from the standpoint of a barrier to entry, particularly for minorities. Um, and so they've come together and there is a movement across the country to reform occupational licensing. And as you very astutely observed in your introduction, it has taken on a number of different forms. And there have been different proposals from governors, different proposals in state legislatures um, to address this in a variety of different ways. The, um, the issue manifests itself vis-a-vis uh, -vis surveying in a number of different fashions. One is um, there's also a concern, and this was articulated, interestingly enough, by the Obama administration, that uh, when you have different requirements in different states for licensure, that if you, for example, are a military spouse and our service men or women are transferred and moved to different duty locations across the country, and the spouse is in the private sector and in an occupation that is licensed, that that mobility or that comity or that reciprocity or that ability to continue in one's occupation from one state to another is often very restrictive. And that that is a, a barrier and a disservice to military spouses. Now, you have to look at that against the backdrop of the fact that there indeed, in my opinion, have been um, licensing requirements in some states that really can't pass a laugh test. For example, uh, in Louisiana, uh, this has now been changed, but in Louisiana, if you live there and a loved one uh, is deceased and you need a casket, in Louisiana, you could only buy a casket from a licensed undertaker. You could not go to the open market and buy a casket yourself. Now, where is the public interest or the public health, welfare, and safety served by that scenario? And so Louisiana changed that law. In other states, hair braiding, not cutting hair, not coloring hair, not doing anything else that, that might affect the health or safety of an individual, but simply the braiding of hair required licensure. In some cases with like 100 hours of education required as a prerequisite for licensing. So those were the kinds of things that um, provided an impetus for this movement um, that had um, uh, started in the Obama administration at the federal level, continued in the Trump administration. Uh, we'll get to it in a moment, but has now been continued by the Biden administration. And at the state level, there are groups like the American Legislative Exchange Council, ALEC, which is more moderate to conservative state legislators. 
an organization called the Institute for Justice, which is a very pro-free market, anti-regulation group. Um, the Reason Foundation, actually an organization that I've written for and worked with over the years because they also are big advocates of privatization. Well, these groups have all come together along with others um, to really question and challenge and try to change occupational licensing. Um, let me end your, my response to your question by saying, you have to look at this whole movement and these examples that I just gave you against the backdrop of surveying, which in my judgment, I'm sure you would agree and our listeners who are licensed surveyors would agree, is really very different because there truly is a public health, welfare and safety reason for licensure of surveyors or engineers or architects or healthcare professionals. And so what I have tried to do on behalf of NSPS and the folks that I deal with is point out that difference, that while there may be a need in some areas for occupational licensing reform, that you can't paint that with a broad brush and you have to look at things like surveying and engineering and architecture and healthcare in a very different manner. So understanding that, I think one of the challenges is when we as a profession, whether it be through our state society, from us, individuals, whatever the case may be, um, it, it's hard to help them understand that distinction, it seems. And, and maybe, maybe they don't want to understand it, but at the same time, it, it's a challenge as we to draw those draw that distinction that you're talking about and and have them grasp the concept and and perhaps that's just because they don't really understand what surveyors do or why it's so important that surveyors exist for the benefit of the public um, but I, I'm not sure that we're always carrying the same message and and maybe we don't need to but the underlying part of it needs to be somewhat uniform, I would think. Well, I, I know people in a lot of these organizations that are promoting occupational licensing reform, and I've had conversations with them. And the first thing they say is, oh, no, no, we're not going after you guys. We understand that there are certain professions where it's not a barrier to entry and it's not uh, control of a market or anti-competitive. We understand public health, welfare, and safety of the kinds of professions you mentioned, John, or you represent. But the problem is then when they go and introduce legislation in a given state legislature, they don't make that distinction. And it is a broad brush solution to their problem. So it is important that we point out the difference and highlight the public health, welfare, and safety aspects and rationale for surveying licensure, not only for those advocates, but also to make that distinction before the state legislators or the governor or whomever it is that may be proposing some type of reform to licensing in their state or in the arena that JB and I deal with on behalf of NSPS at the federal level. So it is important that we uh, can articulate 
why surveying in particular is different and should not be swept up in this very broad, generic occupational licensing reform. And so it would seem that, for the most part, that message should and could be uh, universal, so to speak. I mean, the underlying yeah. message is the same. There, it is. There's going to be particulars, I'm sure, from place to place, and we deal with this and we deal with that. But it would seem that having something like you're talking about um, would be helpful as as the platform, as the, the underlying message to which states can add whatever they need to add or address particular issues that are germane, on, maybe only in that one place. But that underlying message is it's important to be consistent, I think. Yes. And uh, so the particulars of a executive order by a governor or a piece of legislation in a state legislature may be different from one state to the next. The, the underlying uh, premise with regard to surveying should be pretty much the same. That surveying should not be treated like hair braiding or buying a casket and that there is a public health, welfare, and safety um, component to this. I would throw out that uh, floral arranging is another one of those out there that is licensed in some states that I would put in the basket of, really, <laughs> you need a license to arrange flowers, um, as opposed to the public health, welfare, and safety component of surveying licensure. So what we've done um, to try to accomplish what you just articulated, Kurt, is um, we've drafted a white paper that ultimately we want NSPS to agree to um, that basically makes the case for why surveying should be treated differently when a governmental entity is looking at licensing reform. And this paper um, that is available to NSPS members through you, Kurt. I don't know if we have it on the website, but I know it's available through your office. It is an attempt to make the case for why surveying licensure should continue, why surveying licensure is different than other occupations, why surveying licensure does protect the public health, welfare, and safety, why it's not anti-competitive or a barrier to entry but indeed is in the public interest and should be treated differently or exempt from this broader licensing reform, occupational licensing reform. Yeah, and I think it's important to say that it's just what you, what you just articulated there is that the intent is to provide a, a platform, a framework, understanding, as you pointed out earlier, that when a particular group in a particular state is making an argument, what you're putting together wouldn't be that entire argument, it would certainly be the underlying principles of it. And then particulars that they have to deal with obviously would be introduced as well. But I, I don't want people to think that what we're saying is you got to use this and it's the perfect thing to do or anything like that. It's, it's a tool. The other thing to point out, uh, and we do point this out in the white paper, is um, surveying law varies from one state to the next. And it is not easily transferable. I'll, I'll give you the most obvious example. Um, 
Arizona did put through some occupational licensing reform, and it was really a very broad uh, comity or reciprocity approach. My understanding is that there was a provision that provided some authority for licensing boards with regard to state-specific exams, and I believe surveying is falling under that. But if one is a surveyor in Connecticut, a meets and bounds state, and you move to Arizona, and you say, well, I'm a licensed surveyor in Connecticut, I should be able to just be a licensed surveyor in Arizona. Well, Arizona is a public land state. It's a very different kind of surveying. And just because one may be a very competent and experienced surveyor in Connecticut doesn't mean that that individual is automatically an experienced and competent surveyor in Arizona. So that may be an instance where a, a blanket reciprocity is not in the public interest and that some additional exam uh, or other demonstration of competency would be um, in the public interest rather than a blanket uh, comity or reciprocity or recognition of a license in Connecticut. Yeah, and for our Connecticut members, so they don't think you're picking on them, you do have a little bit of connection to Connecticut, right? Well, I kind of picked on Connecticut because that's where I was born and raised, <laughs> but I would argue that the, the same thing in reverse. I don't know of a lot of people that move from Arizona to Connecticut because of different climates, but but the same situation in reverse would, uh, would uh, be the case as well. So you mentioned, I think you mentioned earlier the, the Biden executive order. I don't know if you wanted to talk further about that or um, what 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 advice do we want to provide or what uh, opportunities to have conversations? Well, it was interesting. I, um, I had a conversation or an email exchange with a surveyor not long ago, and I had I had sent out an email uh, to folks in one of the state societies that I work with and pointed out that President Biden had come out with a new executive order regard, regarding competition in our economy and that he included um, some language with regard to licensing. And this individual wrote back and said, well, see, Trump should have won. And I had to come back and say, well, with all due respect, President Trump had some occupational licensing reform executive orders as well. So this is not um, unique to any one administration or any one party. Um, but I, I got a little chuckle out of that, that email exchange. So um, back in uh, early July, uh, the Trump administration came out with a new executive order. Uh, it's aimed at cracking down on anti-competitive practices uh, really in big tech, uh, labor, and other sectors. It included 72 different actions and recommendations um, involving more than a dozen federal agency. And it was intended to reshape thinking around uh, corporate consolidation, antitrust laws, and a variety of, of related issues that tend to make certain parts of our economy less competitive than others. Uh, one thing that the executive order does is it um, 
It empowers the Federal Trade Commission, the Department of Justice, uh, other agencies of the government to take certain activities, take certain actions. The, um, the executive order does address occupational licensing in a very small part, but it is in there. And the, um, the executive order uh, says that while many occupational licenses are critical to increasing wages for workers, and especially workers of color, some overly restrictive occupational licensing requirements can impede workers' abilities to find jobs and to move between states. So there is a, an action in there for the Federal Trade Commission to uh, take some action on that principle. And um, one of the reasons why we have an immediate need for this white paper that I discussed is for us to be able to submit that to the Federal Trade Commission, again, to point out how surveying should be treated differently um, than other occupations. So that's really the most immediate threat, if you will, um, along with ongoing legislative efforts at the state level in various state legislatures. So as is typical for us, it would seem that as we share that message across the political spectrum, um, it's always helpful if we have participation in that message from our members who are in the state where that legislator is and perhaps votes for them, right? Yes. And so the reason why we developed this white paper is so that we would have a document that tries to make the case as plainly and as, as focused um, as possible with regard to surveying, and that that document can be used by our state affiliates, state societies, and by individual surveyors, so that as they see something at their state level that may uh, threaten surveying licensure or not make a distinction between surveying and on one hand and hair braiding or floral arranging on the other hand, they can use this document to make the case for why surveying should be exempt or treated differently, or there should be you know, some carve out or, or um, alternative treatment of a profession like surveying. So it really is, uh, our goal in this document is to have a very powerful tool that our members can use across the country in, in making these policy arguments. And that being said, uh, we also want to be available to co have conversations with our members about, you know, we're not just throwing this out and say, here it is, run with it. We're, we want to be available to have conversations and help them if they wish in, uh, in putting something together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, I don't know how much more we have to, to discuss on the issues. So these things usually run 20, 25 minutes, something like that, often sometimes 30. I don't want to miss anything. So if I'm if I haven't brought up something yet that we also should be conveying on this particular topic, uh, let's let's talk about it. No, I would just encourage our members to be vigilant. Keep your eyes and ears open. We do um, try to track legislation in all 50 state legislatures. Um, we do get engaged at the federal level when there is federal interest. And in fact, there 
there was a bill a couple of years ago that was introduced um, using the federal government's very unique relationship with the District of Columbia to try to have Congress impose some occupational licensing reform in D.C. as sort of a pilot uh, program. So there is a, a beyond President Biden's executive order, there are other federal aspects to this issue that that we address on behalf of NSPS. And so we are engaged at that level. But I would just encourage all surveyors and all NSPS members to keep their eyes and ears open as to what's happening in their state. And if NSPS can be of any assistance uh, in those uh, licensing reform initiatives, we're here to help. Very good. We, of course, always we as staff and, and me as staff and a member certainly appreciate everything that you guys do. And um, I'll have to add before we go that uh, bringing JB to us was, was a great gift from you um, uh, <laughs> because uh, he's, he's just really, really good and dedicated and very good at building coalitions and helping you and us uh, get our message out and put us in the right spots. And so that combination of you guys in the company all together, but, but JB and you in particular out there sort of pounding the pavement for us really, really makes a huge difference in our effectiveness and helps our profession. So we very much appreciate it. Well, thank you for that, Kurt. I will pass that along to JB. I, I share your sentiment about his enthusiasm and effective effectiveness on behalf of of NSPS, and you mentioned coalition. I, I wanna hasten to add that um, on this licensing issue, we do work very closely with NCWS. Uh, we work very closely with um, our brethren in, uh, in CoughPACE and the other uh, A&E and design professions. So we're, we're not out there um, making this case alone. We are plugged into uh, uh, other allies and coalitions and um, I think that enhances our effectiveness, not only on this issue, but as you know, we're plugged into coalitions and, and that helps our effectiveness on a, on a broad array of issues. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, John. I appreciate you being with me today. And uh, I guess we'll be talking again soon. We don't do it daily, but fairly often we do. So uh, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. It's always my pleasure, Kurt. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.